everyone and welcome back to Haunted History Chronicles. Before we introduce today's podcast or guest, if you like this podcast, please consider leaving a review. It costs nothing, but it helps share news of the podcast and guests I feature with others interested within the paranormal. It's a simple and easy way to help the podcast continue to grow and be a space for people to chat and come together. If you haven't already found us on the Haunted History Chronicles website, Instagram, Facebook or Twitter, you can find links to all social media pages in any of the notes for an episode. Come and join us to get involved and gain access to additional blogs, news and updates. And now, let's get started introducing today's episode. The Old Vicarage Hotel is a 15th century Grade 2 listed building in the heart of Bridgewater. Bridgewater experienced many years as an industrial boomtown, making it architecturally rich, including areas designed and built by Isambard Kingdom Brunel. Considered one of the most ingenious and prolific figures in engineering history, and who's reported to have stayed at the Old Vicarage whilst in Bridgewater. Overlooking St Mary's Church, the hotel is a hidden gem full of history, with 16 unique, comfortable, en-suite bedrooms, many with beams. It's a location for history and paranormal enthusiasts to enjoy. Featured on Season 4, Episode 3 of Help My House is Haunted, titled Unfinished Business, the hotel proved an amazing location to explore. According to reports, the hotel is said to be haunted by a phantom woman who sits on the end of the bed in Room 5. Footsteps have also been heard in this room, and the covers have even been pulled off the bed by unseen hands. In room seven, guests have been troubled by lights turning on and off, resulting in one man spending the night in his car instead. Room three is also said to have a negative atmosphere, and poltergeist activity has been reported in the form of items moving around the room. During the episode, a local historian, Hannah West, dug deep into the hotel's history. Originally five dwellings, the owner of this tenement was said to have been feuding with his brother over an inheritance, but ultimately vanished along with his family. According to the historian, local legend has it that they were buried in the backyard. During the investigation, the team had some of the clearest EVPs I've ever heard, with one particular recording of a raspy voice unmistakably saying, What do you want? It was something that visibly shocked the team at the time. Joining me today is Candida one of the owners of the old Vicarage Hotel, to share some more of the history and its hauntings. So get comfortable and let's introduce our guest. Hi Candy, thank you so much for joining me today. Michelle, it's a pleasure uh, and thank you for inviting me. As you know, um, I'm from the Old Vicarage Hotel in Bridgewater. And I'm really fascinated to not only chat about the hotel, but Bridgewater itself, because I think it's got some pretty unique and unusual history, one of which is um, this connection with shipping trade. And, and what I believe is this quite unique stance and taking a stance against something that was happening that it isn't something that maybe people are aware of or know about. Do you want to just tell us some more about the, the history of Bridgewater itself and what you think are some of those important historical moments? Right. Well, let me tell you first about the Monmouth Rebellion. 
which happened, I believe, in the 15th century. My dates might be a bit dodgy. It's not my strong point. At that point, Bridgewater was a very successful port. Now, after the Monmouth Rebellion, the rebels lost, and they were mainly made up of local farmers and those sort of people. Sadly, most of them were hung, drawn, and quartered, but a few of them were sent on the slave ships. Now, a couple of them came back. And when the slave ships wanted to land in Bridgewater, bearing in mind Bridgewater was the most successful port, Bridgewater refused them. And Bridgewater, in fact, became one of, in fact, the first town in the country, I believe, to campaign for the abolition of slavery. Of course, Bristol did accept the slave ships, and a lot of Bristol's wealth is built on revenue from the slave trade. But Bridgewater stood firm and said, no, we've heard the stories and we know what happens and it's not right. We're not prepared to accept the ships. So that's really quite interesting. All those years back, Bridgewater stood firm. Then um, recently, Bridgewater's had the resurgence. It's becoming much more popular. Huge amount of businesses moving in, partially because of its access to the M5 corridor. It's easy access. I'm sorry about the clicking. That's my dog wandering around. Anyway, so that gives you a bit of the history of Bridgewater. It was also very, very wealthy because the ships would come up on the River Parrot. As you know, the River Parrot is a subsidiary of the Bristol Estuary. So it has a very strong bore, a tidal bore, which means they would come in on the tide and they go out on the tide. And then it has a huge history of smuggling. And just very interesting. It was a very wealthy town and used to export bricks, oddly enough. I just think it's it's a fascinating bit of unknown history. And the abolition of slavery is is something that I think people have, you know, some understanding of, but maybe don't necessarily know some of this local history in the local context of of what was happening in their own areas like like so much of of history we have our understanding of it from textbooks but maybe not so much that local level kind of contextual stuff that is really fascinating and interesting to to kind of be aware of and to not lose because it's such an important part of that community and how it's evolved and how it's changed because you know these were things that would have had a significant impact on trade on business and so on and so forth i i think what's important to say it is the fabric of the community it it's yeah, built absolutely. and bridgewater residents are still very proud and very stand firm on their beliefs um, and it's a lot of the properties here. We have the finest street of how Georgian houses outside Mayfair built by Lord Chandos. And they are beautiful. And that comes from the wealth of those times of all of the imports and the exports. So, yes, you're absolutely right. You don't know about the history. And the other thing is when you're looking at buildings, a lot of people never look up. They only ever look at eye level. And there's a whole different world going on above. Oh, gosh, I completely agree with you. And um, I think it's it's part of what we I think we all do. We, we're very unobservant about what is on our step, whether it's looking up, looking sideways and seeing what's right there in front of us. Sometimes we can miss some beautiful architecture, some beautiful buildings, some wonderful history, because we're looking a bit further beyond at something that isn't. Um, as familiar and because it's familiar because we see it all the time we don't necessarily notice the details and understand some of that background 
that we maybe spend a little bit more time learning about or finding out about and discussing because it has that uniqueness and difference because it's somewhere else. And I think that's a shame that we we sometimes miss something very beautiful and something very rare right on our doorsteps. I think, sadly, we take things for granted. It's just part of the human condition. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I think you have an incredible property. Um, I believe it's, you know, the second oldest property in Bridgewater, isn't it? It is. In fact, it's the church opposite us that is, in fact, older. And the Duke of Monmouth did stand on the tower opposite and look down onto the old vicarage. It was not a hotel then. It was the vicarage, which a little bit of history. I'm sure you'll ask me more later, but which is why Isambard Kingdom Brunel stayed in the old vicarage whilst he designed the bridge in Bridgewater. And the reason for that is because there were very few buildings of standing left in the town. Fascinating. And again, I think, you know, this is very much the history of the hotel, the evolutions that it's gone through. And and like you mentioned, some of the key people that, again, were part of Bridgewater who have been part of that journey, who have stayed there, who have maybe sat in a seat, <laughs> stayed in a bedroom. I mean, it, that's just so interesting to kind of understand that context, the richness that comes from those ex- understanding those experiences and the part that it's played in the history of the area. I mean, it's incredible, really. And I think people don't realise that it is what makes up. It what makes up the town and colourful, I think, is the word. It is, as you yeah. say, you use the word tapestry, and that's a perfect example of all the weave-woven colours and events that make up the image we see now. So, do you want to just tell us a little bit about some of that evolution of the hotel? You know how it started, its origins, and how it's kind of evolved to where it is today. Well, it, well there have been buildings on the site since the twelfth century. Initially, it was five houses, one of who, one of which was the vicarage, and it then evolved and gradually has grown, as as all buildings do. They evolve, which is the way of the world. And as it's evolved, different events have been incorporated into its fabric. One of the things that uh, you'll come back to the um, the paranormal side of it. But bearing in mind, one of the things that are seen a lot are soldiers from the Monmouth Rebellion. They've been cited a lot. The part of the um, bar is 15th century. We have a room called the Oak Room that's lined in oak and has pillars by the side of the door. The part of the floors are original slate that we had to have specially restored. And you can just feel the history oozing from the walls, if you like, in a good way, I might add. I, I mean, I just, I love these types of properties, like you mentioned, where history just is in every single nook and corner. Um, it's the flagstones that you're walking on, it's the panelling on the wall, it's the windows, it's the architecture, it's the uneven flooring, it's, you know, all these little details that when you look at them and you kind of observe them and really see them, you see the craftsmanship, you see the love, you see how it's worn over time and and and, and it does, it just oozes that sense of history and you're part of part of that kind of moment in time really, because it's a, it's a building that's going to continue to ooze and to grow and to change. And you're just part of that very long, long chain of events. And, and in, 
the case of the hotel, I mean, it's an incredibly old building. And these are these are something very, very special, I think, because they mark so many different moments and have seen so much. And one of the things that fascinated me to, to kind of learn was that, you know, during the Civil War, you had cannons literally flying over the, the top of the building, didn't you? You know, these are, it's oh, seen quite a lot of differences. It was absolutely in the centre of the battle. Absolutely. Which is staggering, isn't it? I mean, it's not something that you can necessarily picture and imagine as you're walking through, you know, our picturesque villages and market towns and places that sometimes there were there was real clashes and real danger. And these were things that were happening and playing out on people's doorsteps, you know, and as we're walking down the road, we can't imagine that. But when you realise that a location like the vicarage was, like you mentioned, right in the thick of it, right in the centre of it, I mean, it's just, I mean, you can close your eyes and picture it, I think, when you when you understand that. And it's incredible. You can. And you can get the feel of it, too. One of the things we have, we have the largest private garden in Bridgewater, actually. We have an amazing walled garden, which is really beautiful, which I know uh, played quite a big part because a lot of the soldiers were billeted in the garden. Uh, because I don't think there was enough room for them everywhere else. But again... It, it makes up the whole, doesn't it? All these little stories and backstories. And you forget we're here for such a short space of time, relatively, and yet these buildings are here for so much longer. And you've really put so much love and care into, um, into the property. I mean, when you took it over, it, it wasn't in the greatest of conditions, was it? And, you know, it's it's a difficult thing to do. It's a, it's a large undertaking because you have to be mindful of the history. But, you know, you really have poured your love into the vicarage in every aspect from the garden that you mentioned. I mean, I love watching um, all of the, the things that you put out on YouTube from you working and beavering away in the kitchen with your incredible recipes, but also... The, the love and care that you put into your garden and you know you can just see how much time and effort you've really put into all aspects of really making this place somewhere special again and and I and I think that's incredible because it all adds to that atmosphere of what is an incredible building in itself. I think I can explain a bit of what it was like when we took it over um, I could use other words but I would say that the uh, previous owners rented the rooms by the hour which yeah. gives you an idea. It was very, very run down uh, and required a huge amount of money, apart from time, to get it up in into the condition it is now, which is superb. We renovated every bathroom, every bedroom. And also we had the help of the conservation officer, whom well, he was very understanding, very helpful. Whilst it was important, we retained a wattle and daub and all of that sort of thing in certain rooms. He was realistic as well, is that it had to be warm and comfortable. So with that in mind, we were able to walk the line into turning it into somewhere that's really wonderful to stay, has a warm and friendly atmosphere and is very welcoming. Again, it's it's kind of that hard work and that dedication and that, that love and that passion that I think really comes through because, I mean, as, as I mentioned, I follow you on um, on Instagram and on Facebook and it's you can tell it's a, it's a project that's been one of love as well as everything else. And, and I think when you have that combination, it, it makes for something special, I think, with the property because 
somewhere like the vicarage really does need something you know they, they these properties need people who are going to give it that time because often sadly when um when they have the wrong owner like you mentioned then they can really fall into disrepair and because of the history because of the the significance that they often have within a location a, you know a, a village a town whatever it's it's sad to see that that when that happens and unfortunately what we can then end up with is a lot of properties that become so worn down so unused that they sit vacant and sit empty and sadly then can end up being completely lost which is a you know a terrible historical loss i think for a location for a city for a town for a village well what i can say is that the old vicarage is a very demanding mistress but returns the love a thousand times and I, like that. <laughs> I couldn't agree more uh, about having to having to look at properties and make the effort and the time and money let's not forget that to bring them back into current standards and the way people expect nowadays and you know a location like yours is is one like like so many historical places that i think keeps giving you know there there are things that can constantly come to the surface through historical research through renovation things that get discovered and unlocked over time these hidden little gems that become known and am i right in thinking that recently you had a discovery where someone who who worked there or used to work there found part of a of an entrance to a tunnel um there, there, yes yeah and, and uh, to be honest i have left well alone in as much as there was a tunnel that went from the oak room which is our really really old really old building i mean it has um, a carved panel 1735 but we actually think the panel is older and there was a tunnel that went underneath the floors to the church opposite uh, and when we were when we were relaying the floors we had to redo all the floors we found the beginnings of the tunnel but to be honest i left well alone i said i said to the guys look that's as it is now let's just leave it and just let sleeping dogs lie if you like i i didn't want to discover anything other than just that's it that's history let's move on yeah and i think that's absolutely right it's it's marking what you've discovered it's recognizing that it's there but i mean obviously to to kind of get into that would have been a whole other kind of realm of of um difficulty i think because there is so much mm. you have to then do mm -hmm. once you start really kind of delving into that and yes. but just the discovery alone is fascinating to know that there is that connection with the church that you had that running across the two is is so interesting and to know where it is to be able to say we think it's here and this is where you know we we've got the beginnings of it is just an incredible kind of marker i think for that for that moment of the the historical past that it's got and the nod to its connection with um the church well there was quite an important monastery just about three doors down that obviously disappeared in the dissolution henry the dissolution of the monasteries but it was quite important and obviously the church was there and important so it would have figured that there was a lot of coming and goings clandestine some that should have happened and some that shouldn't and also smuggling as well there was a lot of smuggling went on um the ships would come in and things would disappear and not make it to the bonded warehouses so you kind of um 
alluded to some of these key important people that have have that you know have stayed stayed at the vicarage over over its kind of history do you want to just tell us about some of these notable people that have been there at various different points through its history well i know that many people say judge jeffries has stayed but bearing in mind i think probably just Jeffreys was a very unpleasant man. And he seemed to stay in an awful lot of places. He must have been extremely busy. So I prefer not to think of him as having stayed because he sounds horrible, frankly. However, as I said before, Isambard Kingdom um, is reputed to have stayed. And other people, lots of the soldiers for the Monmouth Rebellion and many other people through history. I, I believe at one point Annie Lennox stayed rather bizarrely. So Gosh, that's when you think how long it's been here, the hotel, there's bound to be a lot of people having gone through. Do you know what I always find really interesting to sit and think about is, you know, just imagine how many conversations have, have happened inside, you know, the doors at tables over, a, you know, a drink or, mm. or something to mm. eat. You know, all of these kind of um, battles being planned out. And, you know, you mentioned smuggling, but you can imagine these kind of people sat around talking about their their secret dealings and I mean it's just I mean it's an incredible thing to think about when you when you kind of look at it like that that who knows what has has happened what's been discussed and plotted within the you know the the four mm. walls of the building and um it's incredible really when we when we kind of look at it in that context that it's probably seen so many different types of of things happening and going and the comings and goings because of centuries of history centuries of history well if these walls could talk in probably most cases it's probably better they're just as well they can't i suspect we are about to celebrate hitting our 100th episode of haunted history chronicles on the last friday of april 2023 to say thank you for the months of may June and July. There are going to be daily paranormal podcasts available to enjoy on all tiers over on Patreon, as well as the usual additional items available over there. Signing up now will gain you access to these, as well as all previous archived content. For as little as £1, you could be getting hundreds of podcasts to enjoy and more, and know that you're contributing and helping the podcast to put out another 100 episodes. You can find the link in the episode description notes, as well as on the Haunted History Chronicles website, along with other simple and great ways to support the podcast directly. It's all truly very much appreciated. And now, let's head back to the podcast. But again, I think this is why it's so interesting when you have a, a property with this very long history and unique and special history and significance with it within a, an area. When you then look at that alongside aspects of the paranormal, because that, I think that's when buildings can start to talk, because you have these different experiences, different types of phenomena that can really give a sense of its history, um, a nod back to particular individuals or to periods of time, like you were mentioning with Monmouth soldiers, um, the fighting, and, and that's something that is experienced um, as part of that paranormal reporting that often 
comes through. You know, you have these nods to these moments in history, and that's where it starts to speak. It speaks of its past. And it can reveal so much, I think, as to what's happened, the types of experiences that have happened. And I and I think it's a way for us to connect with history, to connect with what's happened within the local area, but within the particular property itself. Do you want to just share some of the, the typical type experiences that you have at the vicarage in terms of the paranormal? We have a lot of activity uh, from various people come in. I've got a couple of people who actually can't she, one particular woman is unable to come back in because she just it said it's too overwhelming we have glasses move we have a bedroom where bedroom number three where one particular cleaner and it only happened to her oddly enough but if she would go upstairs the doors are very heavy they're very old she'd prop the door open with a pillow do the cleaning go downstairs get the hoover and when she would come back upstairs the pillow was back on the bed and she wasn't given to wild flights of imagination she was just very down to earth and it happened every time we later had somebody come in and said yes in that room a woman fell down the stairs to her death now the chap who pushed her down the stairs maintains that he never pushed her but the uh, chap said in fact the cleaner reminded the man and i think this happened in 17 something reminded the man of his wife, the woman that fell down the stairs, and he did not want her in the room. And it was really extraordinary. As he explained it, and I said to the cleaner, Do you know, she said, that's exactly how I feel. She said, I'm not comfortable in that room. I don't like going in there. And we have another room, room seven, that has a very old cupboard in it. And I have a couple of members, members of staff who just won't go in the room. They said, no, it's too, too, um, it's too creepy. And in that room, a couple of people have seen balls of light floating around rather interestingly uh so there's lots of things does go on and we lots of people have seen not lots of people but certainly six people have seen monmouth soldiers and another thing we have we have a, a woman in black probably early victorian who stands at the bottom of the stairs and this is all in the oldest part of the building the newer part not so much but the older part and children they often hear children laughing and we do know that it was a school and i'm not sure how kind some of, of the teachers were there but we hear children laughing and in one there's a child crying which is rather sad so lots of things go on but I must say that I have only felt as soon as I walked in that building the first time even though it was in a really dilapidated state it was warm it was friendly it was welcoming even there on my own there in the dark at night I've never felt anything but warm feelings there so it just depends on you, I think. And I think as well, it's this, um, it's, I think a lot of people can, can fear um, the unknown. But actually, I think when we actually look at it from the point of view of, well, if this is a haunting, you know, residual energy from something of the past, then they're only going about things as they would have done. And they're only keeping an eye on a location that maybe they were connected to. And, you know, then the, there isn't anything to actually be fearful of. It's just recognizing that you're in a really old property that maybe has people still there who 
don't want to leave because it's it's a place that was important to them and 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 I think if you can kind of be comfortable with that it kind of takes some of that fear out of it um because like you mentioned it's it's when you have a place that has that beautiful atmosphere that wonderful warm cozy feeling there's nothing to suggest that what you're experiencing is anything but part of that really they're just part of the the atmosphere of of the place too if that makes sense you know part of the bones and the fabric of mm, the building mm, i would agree um and when we had um we had a film crew from help my house is haunted uh, on the Discovery Channel that came and filmed and and they discovered, I mean, it was fascinating, all sorts of things. And interestingly, it tied in with a lot of things that other people who'd stayed previously had told us and that they weren't aware of these things. And there are all sorts of things and voices. And it was really, it was really quite surprising. Even I, who really have never, re I haven't heard, seen or heard much, I'm about as psychic as a wet exchange of Mart. They even I felt these things and heard and saw things. So it just goes to show there was no malice there, they said, but there was a huge amount of activity. Yes. And and, and I think once you start noticing it, um, and I think that's the key thing. We're, we're again, we're so we can be so oblivious sometimes. We can be so um bombarded with noise and and busy busyness kind of traffic television screens um radio all of these things that kind of interfere with it that actually i think we often overlook and miss a lot of things that might be subtly going on all over the place mm. but once we do start to notice it, i think we become more aware and more attuned to it and and i can imagine that again because of the history because of the evolution because of the just sheer volume of people that have have been through the doors at various times for different reasons um that you know you have a, a this real range just because it reflects the experiences and the changes that the property's been through and the people have, that have been through there and it's like you said when you when you start to break it down the fact that you do have these particular types of experiences whether it's auditory whether it's visual linked to the victorian period or the battle of monmouth mm -hmm. or other residents that have been there, other experiences, you know, things that are reported to have happened, whether it's something in a particular room or just in general, you start to again understand um, the history of the property and what's happened in the area. And again, I think making those connections for me is the the bit that really resonates and is is interesting because when you can make those connections and then you have something happening that is paranormal. I think it adds huge validity, as you mentioned with Help My House is Haunted, it adds validity to experiences that people are having. And when you have multiple people having those experiences and you that and you have that historical connection, that's where I think we can really start to understand maybe more about the paranormal as well as the history because of the real connection we're able to make with with it through the paranormal. Yeah, I would completely agree with you. And it makes life so much more interesting as well, with, uh, that you recognise these buildings have got a history and that loads loads of other people have lived there and their lives have evolved there. Events have happened there. Not always good, but that's that's the building. That's what's happened there. And the fact it comes through in the fabric, I love that. I love that feeling of knowing that so many people have been there and have been happy and have been married there and lived their lives there. It's wonderful. 
And I'm very much a purporter of, um, you know, buildings that tend to have um, paranormal experiences, hauntings, whether it's intellectual hauntings or residual hauntings. When when you have a location that has experienced this huge array of emotions that are across that spectrum, from really happy experiences, like you're mentioning with weddings, with things that you can celebrate, mm. as well as obviously the end of that. Yeah, I think that's why we often then have these types of properties that really do see things come through because the amount of energy and the amount of um kind of a range of experiences and emotions that have happened and taken place i think stays and i think that's often what we then tap into when it comes into when it comes to the paranormal these experiences these moments these feelings that have happened within the walls and within the, the building itself uh, i completely agree because i it's a given, we're all going to die. But for heaven's sake, let's celebrate lives well lived and the happiness and the fun and the joy. And that's what I feel when I'm in the building. Uh, I, other people perhaps feel other things, but I've never heard anybody say they've had a negative uh, visitation or seen neg anything negative, always positive or just something there. I had one woman came in and she said, look, somebody sat on the end of the bed. She said, I... I felt the bed go down, I saw it, and I said to her, were you frightened? She said, no, oddly enough, not at all. She was on her own in the room, it was during the day. She said, but I, they were there, and I just, oh, okay, they're there, and they've gone now, and, and that's what it seems to have been like, and somebody else said they heard footsteps outside their door during the one evening, and I said, were you frightened again? She said, no, but she said, there was nobody there, because I knew the hotel and that part of the building was just her. So it just goes to show it, it it's what it's how you feel really and it's what you make of it. Absolutely. And you know, I would say that anybody who loves history, anybody who loves the paranormal are going to love the vicarage. And, you know, um Beverly Turney, who has been on the podcast before, she's she's been on and spoken about locations. She recently visited the vicarage and um for her to come away and say she thinks it's one of the most incredible properties and she thinks it's one of the most haunted properties with the most different types of paranormal experiences and to come away feeling so um, energized and excited and enthusiastic about the vicarage I think speaks volumes because she she deals with a lot of properties she works in lots of different places she helps out in a lot of different um, locations and does so much work within the paranormal. And for her to come away saying that about the vicarage, I think is just a, a huge endorsement, actually. <laughs> oh, how kind of her. I'm really glad that she, because I, I obviously I don't, I didn't know that she stayed and she didn't make herself known, but I'm really pleased that she, she enjoyed her stay, I suppose, because many people stay and they don't, they, they, nothing, they just have a lovely time, a really good food, good evening, and that's it. So, Obviously, for her, it was special. And for that, I'm really pleased. And, I, you know, I think it, it's it's fantastic that, you know, you are offering this full range of different experiences, whatever people want to enjoy about just coming and staying with you, whether it's 
the paranormal, whether it's to have their wedding with you, whether it's to just enjoy a stay, whether it's to enjoy a meal, whether it's to enjoy the gardens, whether it's to enjoy the history, you know, you're really able to offer all of this to people at whatever level and and um, passion or love or experience that they want to enjoy. And for people to be, like we've mentioned, just a small moment and part of mm. its history too is is just incredible. It just kind of, again, just adds to that tapestry that we've been speaking mm. about so much. Mm. Precisely. My feeling at the moment is life is short. And as long as you're not hurting anybody else, just grab the moment and make the most of it. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. And, you know, I think your location is just one that I think will continue to sing and continue to kind of speak, to, you know, speak in terms of the paranormal. It's going to keep offering up these exciting new things experiences people noticing things again just because of the fact that it's got this this real wealth and depth of of history and um you know i i, I hope really that people who have an interest take a look at what you're offering and um you know i'll make sure that all of the the details go up on the podcast description notes and um on the website and things so that people can look at what you're offering and see what you're offering whether it's coming and staying to experience something as a paranormal event or just coming and seeing the history having a wonderful meal because like I mentioned you are offering all of this up and I think um, if people haven't heard of you or seen seen what you're about then um, I encourage them to do so really because it is a beautiful unique property it's gorgeous. Michelle thank you so much for that it's it's lovely to hear somebody else telling me that because sometimes when you're in the middle of it, you forget to put your head above the parapet and look around and think, yes, we have built something beautiful here. But thank you. Hearing you say that is wonderful. And I don't think people realise how much hard work is involved in hospitality. And, you know, if someone is running a hotel or a bed and breakfast or if they are landlords and landladies of a pub it, it can be unsociable hours you don't necessarily get those times off that other people get um it's a it's a long day you're having to have many different hats and you know it is so much hard work and you know the fact that you do it and you really when i mean i really can't stress this enough that in the love that you put into every aspect whether it's the gardens whether it's the kitchen with the amazing food which some of which I have tried by the way thank you <laughs> you know it's 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 that and you can just tell and it and I think that speaks to when someone loves a place I think it makes it more special and I think that's what you've captured really oh that's so sweet my apologies I've got a very old rescue dog shaking his collar he's a bit out to lunch <laughs> so my apologies for the noise and thank you for that yes I always think of ourselves a bit like the swan they glide smoothly on the water but underneath their feet are going like the clappers so yep. <laughs> hopefully our, our customers and guests get a wonderful relaxed atmosphere and we work hard to make sure they get those feelings yeah. And if anybody is interested in kind of exploring maybe the location before visiting, if they are interested in the paranormal, you mentioned Help My House is Haunted. It's one that I recommend people watch because um, I think of all of the episodes that, that, that they've put out, I think it's one of the most interesting and fascinating investigations and explorations 
that I've seen them do actually across all the series. And some of the evidence that they captured is pretty phenomenal. I mean, in terms of EVP, I can't say I've ever heard anything as good, as clear, as as fantastic as they did as part of, of their work really for that episode on on the season. So um it's it's one I recommend people to to take a look at because it is so interesting what they uncovered. Well thank you for that. It gave us all a shock. I was particularly surprised. It was like, oh crikey. It was when they when they um told when they replayed it to us and we heard it, we, there was deadly silence. We were all in a state mm. of shock. We couldn't believe it. So it is it is fantastic and I'm glad for them as well that it was such a productive episode. Uh, because it really was and it was all completely genuine I, I would have to say they was all completely genuine there was no fakery or trickery it was as you see it so yeah and I think but I think they were genuinely really shocked and surprised too I think it really um kind of caught them by surprise just how clear and how good it was because you know we get EVP things through all the time when it comes to investigations and you know you're usually there trying to um <laughs> work out what's being said it's very difficult it's 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 hard you're hearing something someone else is hearing something else but in this case there was no there was no kind of quibbling about it it was so clear and um yeah i think they were they were very shocked as well to be honest from 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 kind of having that come through so clearly they said they'd never heard anything as clear before they were really mm. surprised it was quite it surprised everybody but i think particularly them as you say so it's on a discovery plus and well worth a watch uh, um and just see it and see what you think make your own mind up and again i'll try and make sure to include that link um in the podcast description notes and on the website and things because i do think it's a really fascinating one to to look at and and like i said if if anyone's interested in coming and experiencing the vicarage it might be something that they want to check out beforehand or afterwards as as part of kind of diving deeper into what the vicarage has to offer really because it's got a lot to offer <laughs> oh, bless your heart. well it puts more meat on the bones and it just makes it more interesting for whoever's visiting i think it just gives Absolutely. you more of a background. Oh, it's been so incredible to talk to you. I mean, just such an amazing location with this wonderful story and wonderful history that surrounds it and has been part of it and and some incredible experiences that um, are quite unique in terms of the paranormal, I think. So thank you for coming and giving us a little bit of an insight into what might happen if people come in and see you and stay with you, really. Michelle, it has been my greatest pleasure and thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk about the Old Vicarage Hotel. Thank you so much. Oh no, it's been a pleasure and, and thank you for the little doggies in the background.